Alright, if you take your Bibles this morning, turn to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 10. You know, we believe that uh, God is omnipresent, don't we? That God is, uh, sees everywhere. I mean, He can, it doesn't matter where we're at. It doesn't, you know, you can't go so far, get too far away from God. Uh, he, can, uh, he can find us anywhere. Uh, he can uh, meet with us anywhere. You know, it's, it's wonderful to know that God knows everything. It's not like that we can hide something from the Lord. He knows our hearts. He, the Bible says, for the Word of God knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. And so we believe that God, uh, uh, He is at work in our life. And He knows everything. He can be anywhere. And, and with that sort of power, with that sort of, uh, um, you know, just sovereignty. His sovereignty, His supreme power and authority over this world and over us. Uh, when we know how much He loves us. Uh, that, that brings some peace. When we know that the Lord, He is at work in our life and His hand moves in our life and He puts circumstances and situations and brings things together, we know and we believe that God uses people, individuals in our life to help us, right? God puts people, has us cross paths with people and uh, that will lead us and help us, lead us close to Christ, He'll also use us. The Lord will use us in other people's lives to be a help, to be a blessing. And He'll put us in in places where we can, uh, uh, you know, invest into their lives and help them. And the Lord, He can kind of weave all those things together. It's kind of like he, He has no problem networking. He has no problem bringing all these things together. You know, in His providence, that's the act of, of providing or preparing for the future. The Lord, He has no problem with that. He has no problem with an active foresight that He knows the future just as well as He knows the past. And in that, and when we believe that, that brings some peace to us, right? That, you know, our, our, our future doesn't have to always depend on every decision that we make, but if we're trusting Him and seeking Him and His wisdom and His guidance, how that will help us. You know, it amazes me. It, does, it amazes me how the Lord, He just works in individuals and people's lives and how He brings people together. It just amazes me. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how He brings people just to hear a wellspring as He's worked? We look over the last few years and brings folks together. As he, as he, uh, you know, we're talking about this, this uh, getting involved in, in the mission there in the Congo and how the Lord crossed paths and and how He was able to bring people together and put people in the places and relationships. And we've talked about the missions in India. I can't, I can't believe how uh, as the, as the Lord is, I believe, to establish this orphanage. This year, the first one, how easy it's been. Because the Lord just keeps putting people in places and circumstances in the way that, that, that just works it out. <coughs> have, you, have you noticed that in your life? 
As you look back, maybe the, the job that you work, the place where you're at, that there's no coincidence. The people that God's had you cross paths with in the, in the past gives you kind of hope that the Lord's at work for your future. That can bring us some peace. As we study the book of Acts and, and read the book of Acts, you know what's interesting to me? Is, is how God is so interested in, in our lives. And how He works in our lives. You know, God is not a God. We don't believe that God is a God that just kind of put this all, this thing all in motion and then just steps back and sees how it's all going to turn out. We believe through prayer and through faith that we have a relationship with Him and we interact with the Lord on a daily basis. And He is a part of our life. And He's at work in our life. As we read through the book of Acts, it's interesting to see how God uses individuals and individuals' lives many times to help and to to lead other individuals. As you take a look at the Old Testament, it is evident that God has used groups of people to uh, help or to lead or to do interact with other groups of people, even nations. As we read the Old Testament, how God used nations with other nations, and God's always at work, but God's not just one-dimensional. When God's working in one individual's life and He uses another individual to do it, God's not just working on one person. It's interesting to see that God, He works on, he works on both parties at the same time. Have you ever noticed that? That He knows what all of us need. He knows what each of us needs. And even when, when you may be the teacher, you're also still learning. As He uses you to be the blessing, you also can be getting a blessing or learning something, something through it. He's able to do all these things at the same time, work on individuals with different issues with the same circumstances. That's just God. Let me give you an example. You're opened up to... Acts, Acts chapter 10. <clears throat> In Acts chapter 10 here, we have the, the story of Peter and, and Cornelius. Now, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, this is, this is uh, the New Testament. This is right after Jesus Christ, he, he dies, he uh, raises from the dead, and he ascends into heaven, he commissions his disciples go into all the world and preach the gospel, to be the light of the world, to, to, to evangelize, right? And then you see the acts of the apostles being worked out. The acts of the apostles are them doing what the Lord called them to do. And as they do that, He is at work in their life. He's bringing, I mean, the book of Acts is exciting. I mean, it is, it's, there's power in it. It's, it's a church that's alive. It's a, it's, a, it's a group of people, believers that's alive. But you see how he just takes one individual and takes that one individual over here to help this other one, this other group of people. And he's constantly doing that and bringing people together for his glory and his honor. Here, Peter, Peter, you know, Peter lived through the Old Testament. I mean, he, he was under the law of Moses. Peter, he was, he was Jewish and he, he followed the traditions and the laws of Moses, right? And so he kind of lived in both, both uh, scenarios. He lived in the Old Testament under the, the law of Moses and he got to experience grace. He got to experience the church age. He got to experience some of the laws of Moses being done away with. 
And that, that took some learning for Peter. That took some, uh, that took some God revealing that to him. And that's exactly what God's doing with Peter right now in, in Acts chapter 10. Peter, he's there, he's, he's praying, talking with the Lord. The Lord shows him this vision of, of a sheep being let down from heaven with all manner of unclean animals. Now under the dietary law of Moses, uh, the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, they never ate unclean animals. It was against their religion. It was against the law. And so the Lord tells Peter, take and eat, eat this stuff. And uh, Peter said, not so. I mean, they went back and forth on this three times. Peter and the Lord. Peter said, I'm not going to eat this pig or this whatever. It's unclean. I've never done it before. The Lord said, hey, what I, what I call clean, call that not unclean. The Lord was showing Peter, teaching Peter something here, that there was a change. There was a change with the New Testament. That, that some of the dietary laws of, of the Old Testament were done away with. Then he has... Uh, he begins to work in another individual's life, this Roman citizen, uh, Cornelius, who Cornelius feared God. He was seeking God. He was, a, he was a devout person in prayer. And the Lord wanted to show Cornelius and all of Cornelius' house that Jesus Christ now was the way to salvation, that Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection was the gospel. So the Lord wants to show this to Cornelius, right? And so he's preparing Peter to teach him a lesson, and he's He's preparing Cornelius to show him how that Christ now is the way, the truth, and the life. So he sends Peter to see Cornelius. And when they get together, Cornelius, or Peter says to Cornelius, verse 34 of chapter 10, Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation. He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted of God. And so, as Peter uh, goes to see Cornelius and see that, you know, Cornelius, he's a Gentile. His old family is a Gentile. But the Lord, he's given him the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Cornelius is, is receiving the Holy Spirit the same way that Peter did. I mean, he's just as much baptized into Christ. He's just as much, Cornelius and his family is just as much part of the body of Christ as Peter was. And Peter's saying, ah, oh, I'm learning now. That's what the Lord's saying. There's no more unclean animals. There's no more unclean people. There's no more unclean, you know, there's no, there's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile anymore. Because of Christ. Christ broke down those walls. And, and, and the Lord's showing Peter something, teaching Peter something, the same time that Cornelius is saying, oh, so this is the way to have a relationship with God, as Peter preaches to him the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so you can see here that Peter may be the preacher, Peter may be the teacher, but they're both learning a lesson at the same time. The point here is that God, he's not, he's not just one dimension. As we go through our lives, God will have us cross paths with people, and maybe God will have us help them or be a blessing to them, but I believe at the same time, God is working in our lives. God's doing things in our lives to teach us something. If we'll be willing to hear it, be able to willing to watch it. Look at Acts chapter 9, back up a little bit. Another example. Acts chapter 9. 
Begin reading verse 36. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. So here we have this lady and Joppa. She is a, she's a blessing. She's a blessing. She's full of good works. We're about to find out that everywhere that uh, Tabitha went, she was, she was helping people. She was a blessing to people. And then she dies. I mean, that's a tragedy, right? That's a tragedy, and obviously in her uh, family, in her, uh, in her community, the people, they're mourning her death. I mean, this is, a, this is a bad deal. They call for Peter. Peter comes in. Look at this down at verse 39. <clears throat> and Peter arose and went with them. And when he was uh, come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the windows opened by, uh, all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing uh, the coats and the garments which Dorcas made while she was yet with him. So we see here how all the widows here are are mourning the the death of, of Tabitha because she had been such a blessing to them, all the things that she provided to them. Here we're we're starting to see in this one little story. Of multiple people that God's bringing together uh, using the death of Tabitha, and you're going to see how uh, this affects multiple people's lives. So we got Peter. Peter's about to learn a lesson through this whole thing the power of God, the power of, of Jesus Christ over death. We will see here all the widows, the people that she helped, their faith is going to be strengthened and made strong. Through this, continue reading down. Peter, of course, we know the story. Uh, he prays over Tabitha. She's, she's made alive. In verse, verse 40, 41, And he gave him his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. So here we have, we have a, a situation where Tabitha dies. It's terrible. But through it, but through it, there's, there's folks that their faith is strengthened in the Lord because of it. Not just their faith is strengthened. We see that Peter sees the power of God in it. I, I guarantee you, Peter never, never forgot that. The power of God over death. Then we see in this town, in this city, I don't know if maybe some of these folks were unreachable. I don't know if some of these, you, know, you never know what it is in someone's life that it's going to take for them to come to Christ. You don't know what circumstances it's going to take. Sometimes, sometimes it's the things that we're praying for individuals to come to Christ, to get to know Christ. Sometimes it is a death that, that just shakes people to the core and they look and they begin to recognize Christ. But here in Joppa, the Bible says many people came to Christ. Because of this, because of this miracle, because of this thing that happened in Tabitha's life, the point here is just that hey, when Christ is working, uh, He's working on everybody. I mean, He's working in everyone that's involved. He He is not just one dimensional. Where you know uh, He sends He sends an individual to be a blessing to someone. Have, have you ever experienced this? Have you ever just decided that you're going to be uh, a blessing to someone, do something uh, for someone, be nice to someone, go? visit someone or something like that that the Lord laid on your heart. And when you leave or when you're done doing it, it was you that got the blessing. Have you ever done that? I mean, you get done with it and you thought, wow, 
That was great. You know, I don't know if they got anything. I don't know if they're happy for what. But the Lord sure helped me through it. The Lord taught me something through it. You know, I believe the Lord, he, he can teach us and He can help us in our lives through the good things and through the bad. I believe sometimes the lessons that we learn in life and the closest we draw to Christ sometimes is, is through terrible things, through hardships. Not things that He put in our life. Not things that He did to us. Maybe it's the result of our own bad choices. Maybe it's the result of somebody else's bad choices. It's not even our fault, but we experience it. Maybe it's just the result of living in an a, a, a earth that has sin in it. But yet, but yet through it, the Lord specializes in taking those things and teaching us and helping us. He's always at work in our lives. Seems like that the Lord, he's, just, he's a good multitasker. I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes it amazes me that, you know, in, in, in this little town in Springboro, that the Lord could take someone from one side of Springboro and cross paths with another person in Springboro and work something out for his glory and honor. You believe that? He does it all the time. But you know what's really amazing? So he takes someone from the other side of the world, the other side of the world, and he puts them together to do something. But you know what? He has no problem with that. He has no problem with that. He, he can, you know, I believe if people want the truth and people seek the Lord, no matter where they're at in the world, he, he'll give it to them some way, and he may use somebody and send them from who knows where. You believe that? That's a great God that we serve. He knows what we all need. He may use others to do it. How about in the relationship? So as we relate this to our own personal life, uh, what, what is the Lord doing and how is the Lord working in our lives? With the individuals around us. Instead of looking at how are we uh, uh, helping others, how is the Lord trying to help us through the folks that He's put in our lives? What about in a, in a, in a context of marriage? I mean, this is an intimate relationship, and maybe God's using you in the relationship uh, to lead or to help your spouse come to Christ. Right? You believe that? But at the same time, the Lord may be, and is, we know for sure, He's using them in our lives somehow to teach us something, right? And, and to help us and to enrich us. And, and as we uh, look at that, sometimes our relationships... Uh, if we're not careful, could become frustrated with issues or problems. But if we look at them as, as ways to learn those lessons that the Lord is showing us, He uses those things. And we can have our own spiritual growth through it, no matter if it's good or if it's bad. How about in the, how about in the uh, context of a parent and children? <clears throat> I mean, this one is an obvious one. In this case, uh, for sure. The parents are definitely the teachers of the relationship. However, we have three kids at our house, and we are outnumbered, so there have been, uh, at times, mutinies, where they, have, uh, they feel like they have taken over the house. You know, God, he, he knows what he's doing. I appreciate that. I'm thankful that he has children in small bodies, you know? <laughs> They're, you know, at 40 pounds, they can't, uh, there would be a whole lot more domestic violence. I'm sure that uh, if they could at times, they would have tied me up and put me in a closet or whatever, if they could No, but really, when we're teaching our children, when we're trying to help our children, when we're trying to give them, it is our God-given responsibility, right, as parents, to, to give them, try and help them with character, 
trying to trying to lead them to a relationship with Christ, trying to introduce them to Christ. But I think it, we would all agree that in the meantime, we learn a lot about ourselves, don't we? We learn a lot about our own character as we try to teach. We learn a lot about our we learn a lot about patience, right? As we try to do that, the Lord He can He can if we'll if we'll be uh, sensitive. Uh, as we're trying to teach, as we're trying to lead, as we're trying to help, uh, we can we can learn a lot ourselves. This this goes, you know, this goes across the board. This is at work. This is in all of our relationships. I believe that the Lord will take those, even the hardships, even the hard ones. If we're looking at what's the hardest relationship you're dealing with right now, maybe they're wrong. Maybe they are. Absolutely, that's, you know that's true. But do you think that the Lord can help us and teach us something through it? Enrich our lives, draw us closer to Him. Maybe if nothing else, it just strengthen our faith in Him. That He's going to take care of this. That He's going to work it out. That He can uh, work on, on both of us at the same time. And God's at work. We believe that. We believe that, you know, once we really, by faith, believe that He's at work in our life and He knows the end from the beginning, doesn't that begin to start to bring a little bit of peace? You know, when we're just... It, 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 I know in our humanity at times we forget that. But when we're really walking with the Lord and following Him and trusting Him, uh, we can believe that, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. What hope that that brings what peace that that brings. What uh, rest that that brings in, in Christ. As we struggle with some of these relationships though, I think it would be good and it is always good for us to check our own hearts. Right? Sometimes, the Bible tells us that, uh, to be angry and sin not. Right? So there is a just anger. There is, a, uh, there is things that are worth uh, being, being angry over. But sometimes in our own relationships, uh, some of the harder relationships that we face and the, the things that we go through, maybe for our own refining. It may be for our own good to, to, to take off some of the dross, if you will. What if we checked and looked into our own heart, checked our own conscience and say, you know, the way that I feel and the emotions that I'm having, are they just or is it just because of selfishness? Or bitterness, or envy, or pride, or am I acting out on fear? As we, you know, I believe that selfishness in, in a marriage and in all all different relationships that's a, you know, that's a big that's a big one, right? Really cause a lot of tension there. Thinking of ourselves, you know, I've heard it said that you may know a couple they were married, got married too young. If at the wedding. They were arguing over who got the bigger piece of cake. Yeah. You see that it's a lot of times it's just selfishness in our own in our own part that'll bring these things that'll it'll bring it out in us. We can point to say, oh yeah, of course they're wrong, but the truth of the matter is, let's look at ourselves. How can the Lord work? You know, as believers, I think that we shouldn't be afraid. I th- I don't think we should be afraid to open our mouths and to help folks to to open our mouths and to speak the truth and. Be able to uh, lead folks to Christ and help folks come to Christ. The Bible tells us that uh, Christ, He's come to set us free. And the truth, it will set us free. But while we are teaching, while, we, while the Lord uses us in other folks' lives to be able to help, to be able to, uh, to lead, 
I believe that we should be looking for the lessons that he's trying to show us. Do you agree with that? If we have a if we have a spirit just like Peter that even though he was the he was maybe the teacher at times he was also the student at the same time. Have a spirit in our on our walk with Christ that we're ever growing. That we're always looking for uh, the Lord to teach us and to, and to mature us and to help us. I think it was Ray Kroc that said this. As long as you're green, you're growing. As soon as you're ripe, you begin to rot. So we got to stay green. We got to stay where we want to start. Hey, I still can learn. We never get to an age in a, in where, we, where we can't grow in Christ. Where we can't learn more about His promises and His grace and His love and, and grow in, in our faith with Him and that relationship with Him. I believe that the Lord, he will, he will constantly use these, these lessons and these people and these things in our lives, these circumstances in our lives to teach us. That's His sovereignty. That's His grace. The question you may ask yourself, and we may look into ourselves, hey, what's the Lord trying to show me today? What's the Lord trying to show me this week in the circumstances that I've been in that have been so frustrating or hard or... And maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. But what is the Lord? You know, we don't want to have to take those tests twice. We don't want to have to go around that again. If the Lord's trying to teach us, if the Lord's trying to show us something, then let's, let's learn it. John Wooden, the Hall of Fame basketball coach, said this. It's what you learn after you know it all that counts. And so as we have that spirit of, of seeking the Lord of, hey, Lord, teach us. Lord, Lord, what are you trying to show me? I, I, that, you know, if we believe that the Lord's always at work in our lives, when, if, you know, when we go to Him in prayer, maybe we should start asking Him questions instead of always asking Him to get us out of situations, always get us out of, of problems, which is okay. He wants that. He wants us to take us to that but wouldn't it be better, more beneficial in our life if we said, Lord, teach us. What's the lesson here? What are you trying to show me? You know, Peter, he had, he had to argue with the Lord three times about the, the clean animal and the unclean animal because that was so bizarre to him. That was new to him. The Lord was trying to prove that point. As God calls us, and look, God's calling all of us. I believe God has a ministry and a purpose for each of us, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, we're not called to sit on the sidelines, right? We're called to get in the game, right? So as we do that, we're ever learning, we're ever drawing closer to Him and keeping our uh, in our mind, that, hey Lord, teach me, grow me. What am I going to learn this week? As a church, as a church, as an individual, we want to grow, right? Personally, grow in Christ. So we have to have that spirit, that, that mind of being able to learn. Hey, we're on the winning side. This is the song we say. We're going to sing that in a second as we close. We're on the winning side. The Lord, He already has, He has, he has defeated our enemy. He has uh, made us victorious in Christ. But now, now as we continue to walk this Christian walk, you know what He's doing in our life? He's making us more into Him as His image. More in the image of Christ. And sometimes that process is painful. Just like we find it's painful at times. But what is it? It's for our benefit, is it not? You think the Lord that loves us would put us through anything or allow us to go through anything if it wasn't for our benefit? 
It's interesting in the story in the life of Job. And I don't believe as a Christian, as a, as a follower of Christ, uh, I don't believe that the Lord, He puts bad things on us. But there is nothing that we don't go through that He doesn't allow. That He knows what we're going through. And He knows where we're at. And trust in that. And believe in that. 